Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, I'm Alex Albisu, and this is episode 57. And as always, you can visit thedadchronicle.com if you would like to listen to other stories of fatherhood. And we have another special edition roundtable discussion. I have a couple of familiar guests who, who you've heard on the show before. Today, we're talking about the topic of dads with daughters. So what does that mean for you know, society's standards of what they expect dads to do when they have daughters and, and some of the challenges that come along with just raising daughters in general from the perspective of guys who like have no idea kind of like what that what being a girl is like. I, uh, I want to introduce a couple of folks here. Jamie. Hi, everybody. Jamie's back. Jamie has uh, been the most frequent guest. I think you've beaten Deanna at this point. Yes. On this <laughs> show. So welcome back. And my brother-in-law, Ken. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, all right. So uh, why don't we take just a moment to uh, remind people who you guys are. Jamie, you go first and uh, let them know uh, your your daughter situation. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm Jamie Sweetland. Uh, I have two daughters. Uh, they're currently seven and five. Well, I, I sh- guess I shouldn't say seven anymore. She'll be eight in a month, Yeah, mm-hmm. which is bizarre to me that she's already going to be eight years old. Kind of can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, um, I, I, that's weird to me too. Yeah, and just little things like she doesn't need a car seat once she turns eight <laughs> at all. She wow. can just sit in the back seat. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> that's the age. So, so it's eight in Virginia. It's eight. Mm. Yeah. Okay. She, good to know. I mean, so she's she's not an even age, a, not a weight. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. Okay. It's an age thing, but hmm. it, she hasn't been in a she hasn't had a back on her booster seat for a year and a half now. Okay. So. Oh wow. She's just gonna be sitting in the back of the seat belt now. Hmm. Um, but I'm married to my wonderful wife Melissa, who puts up with my nonsense and is wonderful. And uh, yeah, we've got a dog and a cat. General insanity ensues. Yeah, <laughs> as it should. And and Ken, how about you? Uh, Ken Storch and I am Alex's brother-in-law, so therefore married to Alex's sister, Katie. Um, and we have one daughter currently. And uh, from previous episode, Katie is pregnant, expecting again in early July. Congratulations. Thank you. And it could be a girl or it could be a boy, as we won't know until it's here. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that sort of uh, expectation. And and also, Ellie... uh, you, we both have Ellie's here. Yeah. By the way, Actually, both of your old daughters are named Ellie. <laughs> yep. Uh, one of your daughters is. Uh, yeah, Ellie. my my older daughter is. Uh, her name's Eleanor, but we call her Ellie. Yeah. And she's actually at the point now where if you're like Eleanor, can you come here? She goes, uh, call me Ellie. Oh wow. She has an opinion. <laughs> she has opinions about things. Yes. Yeah. Very strong opinions. Yeah. And my younger daughter is Avery. Yeah. And then, but you, your daughter Ken is mm-hmm. Ellen. Mm-hmm. That's a family name on on my side of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll see whatever happens with this next yeah. one. You guys don't know what you're having. Nope. You're not going to find out until nope. that thing pops just on like, out. Yeah, just like before. Just so like we'll before. Do it again. Man, stress. <laughs> anxiety. I think it stresses everybody else I know. Out <laughs> I know. And you guys revel in it. Yeah, probably. Y'all revel in it. All right. Now, uh, what I want to take a second to do is is just get your all's reactions, first of all. I think it's something very special. Uh, for me, it was at least, you know being a dad finding out that you're having a daughter the the sheer amount of like excitement to have a daughter was overwhelming not to say it, that it wouldn't be exciting to have a son um i think it's a different type of exciting because there are certain you know expectations you have about the daddy's little girl sort of thing and that sort of bond that uh is different so uh wanted to get your all's feedback and we'll start with you jamie what was your reaction to finding out that you were going to be the father of a girl. Uh, 
a mix of things. Uh, for one thing, as I think we talked about when I've been on before, uh, I grew up with my mom raising me and my sister. So I was used to kind of being the only guy in the house. Yeah. So it would almost would have been strange if we'd had a son because then there would have been another one of me. And there's that's never happened no <laughs> like, space for that. in the past 30 <laughs> years. Like I, I wouldn't have known what to do, my, do with myself. Yeah. But at the same time, there's always the, that layer of like almost like terror of like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. There's there's a little girl coming and I got to protect her. I, I got to make sure she's going to be all right. Yeah. And in some sense, that is definitely abated because as, as I keep reminding myself when I feel like I'm losing my mind, I am raising strong-willed, self-sufficient women. I am feeling the pain now <laughs> for reward later. <laughs> you are. And, and I would say that you have good role models for that in your life. Uh, yeah. You're, you're surrounded There's, by strong women in your life. Absolutely. Um, my wife definitely is has knows what she wants and is not afraid to say it. <laughs> and uh, my mom obviously, you know, took the burden upon herself to raise me and my sister. She's a good example for that. I mean... They're they're in good hands. Yeah, but I'd say so. it's it's part of the thing of you know there's still not equality in the world. There never will be perfect equality, and in some senses, women are at a disadvantage, and that you know worries me. Given that I have two daughters, that I want to have everything. I want them to have every possibility available to them. That's fair. So yeah. And how are you feeling about it, Ken? When you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter? Yeah, uh, like like I kind of mentioned earlier. So we didn't know what we were having with Ellie, and. Um, Everyone was so convinced that she was going to be a boy. Oh, me that, too. I was. And, and when you don't know, um, the doctor has the father announce the gender when right when it comes out. And because the mom can't, doesn't see yet, you know. So I'm like, it, it, it's a girl. And I was just like, <laughs> what the heck? You know, because everybody was saying it was going to be a boy. And so there was like that surprise of like, oh, crap, now... Now we're going down this road, you know? Yeah. And, and what um, was that anticipation? What road do you think that that was? Uh, you mean like before or once that moment Yeah, began? once that moment hit. That you're I like, don't know. Just, I, th- I think for me, excitement, um, like I had talked about on the previous episode, like um, I'm looking forward to uh, having a daughter and, and loving her unconditionally. And, um, but the one thing is, is kind of like you were talking about, uh, having them strong willed and everything. Uh, I always tell Katie, I said, yeah, she's going to be a girly girl, I'm sure. But you know, she's still going to know how to do things, you know, like change a flat tire or run a machine or do this, that or the other, you know, because they need to know how to do these things. They can't be helpless in this world anymore. It's not the 1950s or 60s for sure. That's actually, um, a great segue into what I wanted to bring up next. So, so, you know, we live in society today where uh things have greatly shifted to supporting women doing being the breadwinner for instance that going away from that stereotypical uh, guy has to be the breadwinner and come home and wife's waiting there at the door with a cup of scotch and saying (laughs) hi honey let me give you a shoulder rub and in some cases that is still, you know, well, I would say in all cases, I mean, like, that's still acceptable if that's what you want to do. And I guess that's the point, right? We're, we live in a society now where uh, it is embraced that people have the freedom to approach their family life how they want. Um, 
you know, l- let's let's talk about that a little bit because I think that you know, if I look at somebody like Arya, uh, she exhibits the signs of a lawyer and somebody <laughs> who's like very uh like you see like you were talking about with your ellie there jamie somebody who's very opinionated knows what she wants and she's not gonna shy away from a fight sort of girl um kind of reminds me of her mom um so i i look at that and i look at deanna who's very career driven and everything like that um what sort of i guess anticipation do you guys have around your daughters and kind of the way you anticipate them growing up and maybe we can just start with you ken uh kind of piggybacking more on what you're talking about with learning to change a tire uh (laughs) stuff like that yeah um and you're her dad and 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 you know all that stuff and i i fully understand like you're you're gonna totally empower ellie oh yeah i've already i'm like katie at what age can we uh get her to try doing this or or do that well first things first is she's gonna start picking up the dog poop once she can do that (laughs) so but um one thing that i've keep telling katie is like you know i don't care what she does or or anything but as long as she's just great you know like a great person and just whatever she chooses to be i hope she excels at it and and i hope the best for her you know i'm just trying to raise someone that is humble and uh is knows they're blessed because katie and i like every day i'm like why are we so blessed you know i look around and see other people's situations and i'm like why like i've never been able to fathom the fact that i was able to be given all of these things you know yeah. and i just hope that ellie grows up knowing wow you know i have a much better off than other people in the world and i shouldn't carry that over my head yeah. you know just to be very level-headed and i think she already is exhibiting some of those behaviors yeah so you're raising a a great member of the human race yeah. <laughs> you know somebody somebody who's gonna yeah, be we very... want to bring back like love and and, and happiness you know yeah so, yeah so whatever it, it is that she kids. ends up doing and yeah, like in life, it's it uh, it's all gonna exhibit the same theme of love and caring and and understanding and uh, compassion. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Well, and the, one of the things that you said is something that I we have to we're consciously trying to make sure that our girls are aware of, and that is basically how good they have it. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to like realize you know that. I, I did I didn't grow up well off. I mean I had a single parent and we, we didn't have a lot of money growing up and my wife's family didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. So we came from a background where like if you went to the store you didn't just ask for something because you just knew that it wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. And even if it was an option you didn't want to put that burden on it. Mm-hmm. And our girls are not growing up in that environment. And we're, as every parent hopes, we, we are better off than our parents were. And I, we keep trying to make sure that our kids are aware that they are well off, that, you know, it's, they should be grateful for what they have because not everybody has that available to them. Not everybody starts from a good place. Some yeah. people start with nothing and they have to give it to themselves basically or find it for themselves. So just making sure that they're aware of yeah. that kind of stuff I think is really important. Yeah, because like for me, I kind of had a little different of a situation growing up, you know. Um, came from a family that we were able, they, my parents were able to provide things for me and it didn't really resonate in, in me until I was much older 
that that was the case and I probably took it for granted. So looking back, I'm like, oh shoot, we got to make sure she doesn't. Yeah. Because it was like in college, uh, one of my roommates was like, Ken, you, I can tell you never missed a meal in your life. You know, I'm like, holy cow. Wow. That's eye opening. You know, people yeah. miss meals. It's like you know, life is tough. And, and luckily I hope that for Ellie, she can continue to not have a tough life. Obviously, there's going to be challenges. Yeah. But um, so, so what sort of ways are you guys uh, trying to help your girls understand how truly blessed they are to kind of live in a society like today? And just um, lead by example. I mean, like when you see somebody that needs help at the store, if they drop their things, you stop and you help them pick yeah, it you up. Help them pick you know, it up. like. My, my dad is a great example of it because, and it's, again, some things you just never learn until you're a parent. And um, that's probably one of them is like, wow, I never would have thought what my dad was doing actually was teaching me something. Yeah. You know? And what sort of ways do you do that, Jamie? Uh, we, we try to do things like, I've tried to just make sure that if they say something that I hear them, hear them saying something where I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound right. Like, at one point... Avery had something and it had broken and she goes, well, we can just get another one, right? It's okay. And I said, mm, no, hold on, hold on. We're and she goes, but we can. I said, yeah, we can get another one. We shouldn't have to. Yeah. Like, don't you shouldn't treat things as though they're disposable. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the things that I've been trying to really hammer home is like, if we have something that we can make work or fix, I'm going to make it work or fix it rather than just, you know, buying things for the sake of it or yeah. just replacing things just because. And when we're done with things... We always try to make sure the girls are fully aware that, yeah, okay, we're done with this stuff. We're going to bag it up and we're going to take it to Goodwill. Or mm -hmm. we're taking it to Salvation Army. We're going over there like once a month with the <laughs> stuff that we just got to get out of the house. We're like, you know, and I try to explain to them, like, we're doing this because it's not used up. And there's some people who can't afford to buy this new. Mm -hmm. So if we donate it to charity, they can then go there and they can pay a price that they can afford for it. And then they can have something that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to afford. Yeah. And so just trying to just kind of make them aware of those kinds of things that we're already doing and make them aware of why we're doing it so that they at least have a good like sense of the world and where they land in it and how you could give it give back to that world right how yeah. i want them to be able to give back to that world and it, and really the whole point of making them aware of where they sit in it is not to be like oh look at me i'm i'm you know doing pretty well i'm upper middle class over here it's more about like you know no realize that you have a you have it good and don't take that for granted. Yeah. Pay it forward and be aware that as someone who has things, you almost have a duty and responsibility back to society to say, hey, I have more than I need. Please let me help you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, on a somewhat lighter note, I think uh, and this kind of transitions well because girl drama, as we were talking about a little bit upstairs. <laughs> I got a, a lot thing. of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, you and I grew up with sisters. Uh, I think about how a lot of the times, you know, in our younger years, we have an opportunity to uh, not realize how good we have it. And, um, and and maybe that turns into, you know, getting like really petty, like dealing with things the wrong way. And you hear about a lot of that, like, and I, and I talked to... Uh, a lot of women and, and girls who say, you know, when girls have a problem, like it turns really bad and it, their opportunity for girl drama ends up being like real bad. So, uh, 
what are some of the the ways that you, Jamie, I'm going to specifically look at you, uh, how do you head that off? And then, you know, just kind of thinking about how you empower them so that they make the right decisions on how to handle uh, challenges in the future. Oh, it's tough, man. Like, and it's partly because my two girls are so different. Like, their personalities are not the same. Avery, and we actually, we've been watching a lot of Harry Potter. So I, it's perfect to couch it in terms of Harry Potter houses, if you're familiar with that. <laughs> Avery's a Hufflepuff, and Ellie's a Ravenclaw. Complete they opposites. are complete opposites. Like Avery wants to be everybody's best friend and she wants to wear bright clothes and she just loves being happy and unicorns are the best and let's just go dance and dance. And Ellie's like, uh, I want to be an astronaut. I'm going to play a video game. Let's go play some soccer and get sweaty and please get out of my way. Yeah. So they're like completely apart. And then, but they love each other so much and they play together, but then they butt heads because Ellie wants to be in control all the time. And Avery's willing to take control over to Ellie, but sometimes doesn't want to do exactly what she wants. And then Ellie gets all upset about it. And then as we've talked about before, uh, Ellie has some ADD um, and a little bit of anxiety mixed into that cocktail. So when she gets upset, she has a really hard time like controlling herself from not basically like flying off the handle she gets really upset when she gets upset. And so sometimes half the battle is just getting her to chill out enough that you can talk to her about what happened and explain to her where it went off the rail so that you can say, let's let's maybe identify the point at which this went bad and figure out how we can do something different next time. And I've tried to really over and over hammer home to her, like, it's okay to be upset. You have no control over how you feel, but you can control how you react to it. Yep. You can control your behavior. And no matter how mad you are, you don't have to scream, you don't have to stomp, you don't, you know, shove and push and get all angry. You can just be mad and express it in a different way. Yeah. So that's like most of my battle at this point is just getting them to express themselves usefully so that we can solve whatever the problem is rather than just screaming about the problem. And how do you think that comes across? Like, do you think that they really embrace that feedback? So it depends on the day, time of day, which kid I'm talking to. Uh, Ellie and I just had a conversation yesterday where I told her, like, one of the things that she can do that will really push my buttons is if I'm trying to explain to her what went wrong and how we can fix it. And she's just completely tuned out waiting for me to stop talking so the conversation can be over because she doesn't want to have this conversation. So she just zones out. And she goes, all right, are you done yet, Dad? Like, come on. All right. And I'm like, engage with me. (laughs) If you talk to me, we can be done. If you don't, then I'm just going to keep lecturing at you until I think maybe something sunk in the back end and then we can move on. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. It's tough. Parenting is hard. It is. (laughs) And it gets. Yeah, you're in the thick of it, right? I am. (laughs) We're just like in the beginning stages, the first inning. (laughs) Well, there's different challenges at every stage. I don't have the problems you have anymore. I don't have the problems of having to chase them down because I don't know what they're getting into or, you know, changing diapers and that yeah. kind of stuff. I don't have any of that. To yeah, the point where I can say, like, <laughs> I can say, go get ready for bed. And they go take their own showers. They go get their, you know, jammies on, brush their teeth or whatever. They're fine. Um, but now we're dealing with more, like, almost like adult level yeah, problems of, like, yeah, of like, how do you interact with people who you don't get along with? Yeah. When you have, like, a, what would normally be like a screaming match with someone, how do you do it in a way that, isn't a screaming match which isn't easy because let's face it adults don't get this right no sure (laughs) there's plenty of that that happens at i've seen reality television i mean well (laughs) yeah yeah. but but you know i think that's that's also going back to my original 
point, right? Like, I mean, if you don't head this off at the pass, like when they're young and it can really affect the way that they handle conflict in the future. Oh, for sure. And I, sometimes I feel bad because I feel like I'm being really hard on them. And I don't want to be like, you know, a super hard ass dad of like, oh, my dad won't let me do anything. He's always fun. But I'm I just don't want to let them get away with stuff that I know is not a good road to start down. Yeah. I'm trying so hard to cut it off at the past. And sometimes I have to stop myself and go, she's seven. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You can't expect her to act like a 16 year old. Yeah. She's seven. But at the same time, I want her to be the best version of a seven-year-old that she can be. And I think, like, as a father, that's kind of my job. Yeah. Is to help make sure she's the best version of herself that she can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's totally reasonable. And and when we think, when I think about the things that we disagree with Arya on, and it's, and it's very minuscule, right? Like, at the, in the grand scheme of things. But I think the, the thing that you always need to keep yourself in check with is how you respond to whatever it is that they are having an issue with so i i usually i I take a very similar approach to jamie where it's like okay all right look and i and i kind of just like look at her and i'm and and i kind of like hold her hand sometimes i look at her i say okay this is the reason why daddy's doing this is because you know i I don't want you to stand on that chair because if aria slips and falls it can really hurt her and then she just kind of like looks and just kind of nods a little bit (laughs) Um, but before that, you know, like I, I think about if I were to approach that in like a different way, it was like, Aria, sit down. And like, and I've definitely had those reactions. And then she, you know, because she's a stubborn kid, she's her mother, she <laughs> ends up being like, no, like she'll sit down, but then she'll stand right back up when I'm not looking, you know? See, I start with option Just one to... and I do that three or four times. But then once it's happened five or six times, then I go to option two. I'm like, no, 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 you know better now. And yeah. now you know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't have to explain it to you yeah. anymore. You know this isn't the right choice. And, and that's right, right? Like, it's not like you have to coddle them every single time. But I think that when you uh, avoid the freak out in the very beginning and rather you just kind of explain, because what do they know? Like, she hasn't fallen off the chair yet, so she doesn't know that that's an outcome. So therefore, you know, taking a moment to, to explain that to her, I'm hoping transcends later in her life so that when... She's dealing with conflict in the future, which she's definitely going to, you know, as a human in society, but also as a woman in the future. I want her to be prepared to handle conflict, you know, responsibly. I think that's so important. On a completely different subject here, what are your all's thoughts on the the whole sit out on the porch with the shotgun waiting for the girl to get home from her date with that oh, guy God. down the street. <laughs> what are your all's thought of, on that stereotype? you have any thoughts, Ken? Yeah, I mean, so my younger sister's 15 months younger than me. Yeah. So we're very close in age. And um, my older brother was always like, oh, Ken, you got to look out for Jen. And I was just like, so it's like sort of the same um, expectation, you know? Okay. Like, you got to look after him and whatnot. But I was always like, she can do it herself, you know? Like, so I think that you got to trust in your parenting instincts that hopefully you have raised them well enough yeah. to choose to go out with somebody respectable enough. Yeah. And that there's no reason for you to be that guy on the porch you know exactly so 
the goal is that now until 15 or 16 or whenever they start dating is that they inst- we can instill in her good enough choices or like choice choosing i guess yeah, yeah. Uh, Cho- choice making <laughs> choice yeah decision making yeah there you that go that she will choose the responsible thing to do yeah. i mean and, and like you were talking about right now with us it's we don't we if you stand on the couch you know the consequences are you could fall off the couch and you will get bumps and scrapes and bruises you know so like they got to learn we learn through experiences yep so but obviously as a parent you don't want them to have that yeah. happen yeah. yeah but there's that's the only way to learn you know it's yeah. just like for for me i'm currently doing an addition on my house and the only way to learn is to do it and sometimes you fail yeah and you got to rip it down and you got to build it again but you will never do that mistake again because yeah. you learned and it's ingrained in you. So the same thing is, I, I think, will parallel parenting. Yeah. You know, you, it's, I don't, I'm not a fisherman, but uh, maybe it's like fishing a little bit. You give them a little bit of slack just to see how they kind of do, you know? Yeah. And then you can reel them back in if, if you need to. Yeah. You know, if they're getting too far off that line, and I think then that, you can bring them back. Exactly. And I, and I really think that, um, giving them the trust in you to be able to reel them back in, mm-hmm. and the the trust to to uh, yeah, it not the expectation them. that you would that you would reel them back in, but the trust that you know what at the end of the day my my parents have my back. Mm-hmm. I think that that's such a a sweet spot and a hard thing for a lot of parents to get to because you know if if you instinctually know like this guy that she's gonna bring home one day and like meet you and you're like. This son of a bitch. He's not like like you could just kind of get a vibe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then we'll have problems. Then yeah. That, so, but you know what you 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 want to be very careful. Like at no point do I ever want to be that dad who who's going to be way overprotective of my daughter. Like mm-hmm. I, that's not that's not the sort of persona that I want to portray. Like if it comes down to it, I'll whoop his ass. But like it's not going to become that because at the end of the day. I'm going to raise a, sh- a a smart, strong young woman, and I won't need to whoop his ass because she will whoop his ass. So yeah, that's exactly. kind of the goal. <laughs> like, so what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Ditto. Ditto. Uh, basically, literally, yeah, I was going to say exactly what you said: is that if I've done my job right as a parent, then I won't have to ever even think about that because she will make a decision that is going to be great for her. Yeah. And I, ideally. I won't need to protect her. She'll protect herself. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I worry for whoever crosses her Ellie the wrong way. Yeah. Let's put it that way. So, um, I I don't have any desire to attempt to, like, instill mortal fear in whoever yeah. comes to, to date my daughter, whoever yeah. they are. I have, I have no desire to terrify them. I'm much more interested in saying, like, hey, this is a person you care about. I want to welcome you into yeah, the circle of the family because, you want. because yeah. if you're going to be with them long term, well, you're going to be part of this family. Yeah. Like, you don't want to start it off with, like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm going to murder you now. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I kind of had a similar thing when I was younger with my sister that, um, you know, I always looked out for her. And I, I don't know if it was partly because my dad wasn't around, so I felt like an obligation to like, oh, I, you know, it's my little sister, I got to watch out for her. But it was like to the point that I remember when my sister and her now husband first started dating and I found out they were dating, he actually was the manager of my band. That's mm-hmm. how they met. 
And um, I remember at one point, Tegan was like, hey, can I, can I talk to you for a sec? And we went, I went in the back of our van, the band's van, and you know, shut the door so I could, you know, talk to him. And basically, he'd be like, you know, like, hey, just, you know, treat my sister really well. I care a lot about it. But I didn't come, I didn't think about how it came across. Um, basically, I... He said it was terrifying because I went to go talk to him, but I, we had a windowless utility van oh, as our band's van. So I basically took it was that before like a show. A so we band. went out the back of a of a of a bar at like eleven o'clock at night, and then I shut the door on this windowless van, and I'm like, "You're gonna date my sister." And he was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so I didn't intend for it to be like that, but you and I um, never had those moments, Ken. I, I I've never like I've never gotten a bad feeling about you. Not well, once. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, here we are. No, I mean, and I mean that sincerely. I remember uh, first meeting you, and I was and just like, I was like, man, there's something very special about this guy. And, and I and I and I saw that in my sister, in the way she talked about you, kind of leading up to that moment. I saw that, you know, when I first shook your hand and you almost crushed it, and I was like, okay, <laughs> no, this guy knows how to my shake. Hand. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, God, like like, oh, well, no, I'm like, oh man, he's like. He knows how to shake a hand. You can tell a lot by a guy when when you shake his yeah. hand, and so I I sincerely uh, I sin- sincerely mean that, and uh, that's that's kind of the the hope. Like I think a lot about that moment, and I'm like, that is what I want. You know, whoever it is that Arya ends up bringing, like I, I want that same sort of uh, same sort of feeling. You know, I think that that's so important. So we've seen a lot of really good things in society happening for women. Uh, but there are still some things that are happening where it's slightly concerning, potentially, uh, for where society is heading. Uh, either it's a political topic or the way some women are being taken advantage of by uh, people in power. Um, I want to start with you, Ken. What are your thoughts on where society is heading and how that outlook is for your daughter? Yeah, so like, I am very nervous and where the world is going all the time i'm like man this place is full of bad people and then and then there's times like i get a glimpse of hope and love and and realization that maybe there it could change you know and um kind of to circle back to what i had said earlier um about like Ellie and we hope that to make her as great of a person as we can um and I firmly believe that um our kids are who is who's gonna be to make the next generation what it is Mm -hmm. so I like to feel that I have this sense of responsibility to change where we're going and to better the world through my parenting, sure. so to speak, um, and that there is hope for humanity. And like you said, there will never be equality, and and racism will never decease, unfortunately. But if we can, if I can produce one or two or three offspring that can change that view, I've done my job. Yeah. I mean, I, I do believe that the world can be a better place, you know? Yeah, and and I think it kids. starts with our generation, you yeah. know? I Unfortunately, I hate to, like, bag probably my generation-esque, like, 
because I think I said this on the last one, like where Storches were an exception, not the rule, not to put myself on a pedestal, but like that's just one thing my brother-in-law said to me a couple months ago. And I was like, wait a second, that's true, you know? So Adam's like, Ken, you guys, I always am telling Elizabeth, like, Elizabeth, just because it was that way with you doesn't mean that's the way it is for everybody else. Yeah. He was like, you got that, your family is, is like some strange biosphere that I don't understand why all four of you guys are so like well behaved, a good family together, like a tight knit community. Kind of, yeah. we're like our own little family community. Yeah. So I think that's, that's kind of what I meant, I guess, by the not the rule, the exception. And and back to circle back to like bashing the millennials is is like um, I have some buddies that are like, yeah you're not like them because you're doing your own thing and you're working hard. A lot of them just want to go to work and not do anything. Unfortunately, like uh, not to say my friends are not doing anything, but but I I think that that's a stereotype that a lot of millennials get. This is our generation now in charge of, of raising this next generation, whatever they want to be called. Which for, for what it's worth, I technically by the definition am theoretically a millennial. Yeah. I don't consider myself as part of that group for a You're variety not a y of reasons. Or whatever. Uh, well, so te- technically, Gen X was like up through like about 1980, 81. Aren't you right and there? Millennials started in 82, ah. and I was born in 1982. And I have, I firmly think that I thought it was more like 2000. Well, that's because that's when they were coming of age. It was in the 2000s. Oh. That's when they were becoming adults. So part of the thing that I think is for people who are right around my age by a couple years, we're in a weird in-betweeny kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where right. uh, we are you old enough. You can't identify with. Well, we're old enough to rem- to remember what it was like before yeah. all the internet stuff. And yeah, before computers that's... were everywhere. And like, you know how to rewind a tape using a pencil and like that kind of <laughs> nonsense that kids today just don't have any reason to yeah. know. But we're young enough that the internet is an ever-present part of our lives and we're fully comfortable with it. Yeah. But it, we're not so comfortable with it that it feels like it's always been there because mm-hmm. we vividly remember when it wasn't. Yeah. So it's like this weird slotted in-between in between millennials and Gen X where we kind of yeah, understand them both pretty too, well but don't really feel like a part of either of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is Because somebody says something like, oh, you millennials. I'm like, I'm not a millennial. What are you talking yeah. about? Well, it's here. just because you look <laughs> eternally like 20. James. Well, I <laughs> yeah. do look a good like half a decade <laughs> yeah, younger than I am. I'm 37. Yeah, looks younger than me. No, <laughs> my skin's all rough and. It's a, I'll be 37 <laughs> next month. I yeah. tell this story to everybody. I might have mentioned it here on the show. Uh, on my 21st birthday, Jamie got carded and I didn't. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, so you were what? You're like almost 10 years older than you. That's like yeah, one of my yeah. best well, friends, Jimmy. You're seven He's years like older. Yeah. Same thing. I he he hates it because he still probably gets carded, and I'm like Jimmy. Just think, when you're 50, you're going to look 35, and I'm going to look 65. Yeah, so, there you go, man. Hey. That's what I keep trying to <laughs> remind myself. I'll appreciate this when I get older. Yeah. The reason I don't appreciate it now actually has to do with being taken seriously. Because especially mm. like 10 years ago when I looked like I was like 19. Everyone just walked And I would you. go to work. And that would be like they were like, well, what should we do? And I'm like, well, we should do X, Y, Z. And they're like, well, I mean, maybe. What, what else should we what, do? Yeah, and I'm like, I person. look, I know what I'm talking. I've got about. years. Yeah. I've got years of experience here. Seriously, like sitting yeah. here now, I'm like, I've been doing my my career for like 12 years. Like I wow. li- I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Listen to me. <laughs> and and Jamie, back on the topic of of where society is heading and 
uh, what, what are your anticipations, fears, et cetera, for your daughters? So I, I kind of have to believe that we're headed in a positive direction. I can see little things here and there that are better than they were even 10 years ago yeah. when before my kids were born. Things like just uh, ways of talking about things and joking about things that are simply not acceptable now that were completely commonplace 10 years ago and wouldn't even have made anybody blink 10 years before that. Sure. So, I mean, it's we're headed in the right direction, I think. Um, and there's a part of me that, I don't know if it's actually true, but I want to believe that some of the racism and misogyny that's still present and has been getting louder in recent years, that uh, I kind of like to think of it as that's their worldview and because it's slipping away from them they're shouting louder about it mm. so it's not that it's actually increasing we're just hearing it more I'm a big and then as it's slipping point. away they're going to scream as it goes down the drain yeah. but that doesn't mean that that's the way society is and the biggest telling factor i think of that is that i mean regardless of your political affiliation look at the last congressional election there are more women in congress than there have ever been in history yeah mm-hmm. and that's not something that could have happened if we weren't headed in the right direction. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I see that uh, the opportunity for those women to now be key decision makers in how our country is headed. Um, that that's really cool to me. Like, and and I and I want Aria to have that same opportunity if she wants to do that or whatever it is that she wants to do. Um, yeah, I think that's really great. Now, now to end the show, I always like to end with a little bit of words of wisdom. And uh, what do you? recommend is like one of the most important things to consider when raising a daughter uh i think that my most i wouldn't i don't know if it's the most important thing but it's the thing that i hope that they take away from it the most is that you can do whatever you put your mind to and if you want to achieve something the opportunities exist for you regardless of who you are that I think that's something that I really want them to internalize and have as part of their worldview so that they don't ever have the thought of, I really want to do that, but I don't think I could because of you know this external factor that sure. has nothing to do with me. That's I don't want them to think that. Like My older daughter wants to be an astronaut. She desperately wants to be an astronaut. She wants to go to the moon and she wants to visit Mars. And I think that's awesome. I want her to have that opportunity ahead of her and never think, oh, well, you know, but the, you know, the boys are going to go first. No, I don't ever want her to think that. That's, and it doesn't occur to her now. Yeah. Like she just thinks, yeah, I could do that. Why not? And that's, that's kind of what I really hope that they internalize and take away from this is that it doesn't matter what color you are or what gender you are or whatever. You're just a person. Yeah. Take, take a person as a person. Yeah. Bingo. I love that. How about you, Ken? You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll agree with uh, Jamie on that one. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I do want to say thanks for having me on here. And uh, this was really good because, like you said, Jamie, you're much further along in the uh, parenting game. So it was kind of cool just to kind of sit here and listen to where you're at and what you're going through. So I can kind of be like, oh, note to self, you know, put that in my back pocket for later. Because it's going to be here sooner than Oh, than it'll I sneak think. up on you. And <laughs> well, like we said, eight years. Eight years, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is that the thing I try to always remind myself, and especially when we were first starting out, a bunch of people told me this, and I tried really hard to remember it. 
if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, neither does anyone else. Yeah, you're doing something right. We're all figuring it out as we're going along. Yeah. We're all literally making it up. Yeah. So, I mean, if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, welcome yeah, to the club. Yeah, it's an ever-evolving I mean, that's, thing. that's it. Yeah. Because, yeah, like parenting has changed just because of the way the um, technology has changed. Yeah. And when your second one comes along, everything you did with the first probably doesn't apply. Yeah. Just fair warning. Yeah, so <laughs> we were talking about drama, and I was like, well, that doesn't really apply to us yet, but I was like, in five months, we'll have some drama. Yeah. Because um, I, I think it was Christmas or one of the holidays, we were over at uh, Tio's house, Yeah. and um, Katie picked up a fresh baby. Ellie was like not about it, so we're like, "Well, this will be interesting." Yeah, our cousin, <laughs> our cousin had a baby. Uh, she was, was like a she three was only weeks three old, weeks yeah. old. Yeah, oh. and oh man, the fit. Ellie, yeah, Ellie had a fit. Man. So, but it's interesting because I, I am looking forward to see how it goes because Ellie knows like we have three dogs, so she's well aware that she's not the only one. Yeah, it's just does she know that? She's not the only one human being wise, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you know that and that would probably be true if she was a boy or a girl. Like, you know, there would be uh that, that jealousy I'm sure would mm-hmm. would kick in a little bit. Um, but I, I think that there is there's some truth in how you um handle the the discipline, the the confrontation, um, especially with women. And I say especially with women, because of some of the, the nastiness that I tend to see coming from like bullying and stuff that, that women go through. Not to say that men don't, don't experience some of that, but I feel like just my experience having, you know, my sister, uh, you know, talking to other women in my life, man, women are like nasty, like mean. Like, Oh yeah. They're They're way more mean than us. I feel bad saying this, but I have said before, women have a really hard time living with women. Yeah. And I say that from watching my wife live with other women in college in an apartment and they would just like the fights they would have ridiculous i mean they would just get so angry with each other about everything and then she had two of the girls moved out and two guys moved in and everything was fine yeah and then all the drama went away and And i can i can see it with my nephews because i have my my uh, sister-in-law my wife's sister has two boys and we have two girls and they're not that far apart and I see the the two boys like you know breaking the house and throwing things at each other. Well, they're they're physically fighting. Yeah, they're not they're not like yelling at each other. They're physically fighting and throwing mm. things. And then my girls aren't physically fighting, but there is I like to call it emotional warfare. <laughs> there is like there's a certain level so much of shade. emotional so much volatility shade. that's in the mix <laughs> that is not there with the boys. And that's that's just an observation yeah. of these particular kids. I'm mm. sure not every kid's the same, but. It's a trend that I I can't ignore. <laughs> yeah, and what I what I would leave our uh, listeners with from words of wisdom personally, I would say you know like raise your daughter to be loving and and to be considerate and compassionate. I think that that is really important to uh, to raise really strong women. I think I, I see those qualities in people like like Deanna and and you know my mom and and other women in my, in my life that are. One of my mantras, it doesn't cost anything to be kind. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Teach that kindness. Instill that kindness in them while while they're young. Um, So our guests today have been Jamie Sweetland. Say say hi. Hi, Hi, hi everybody. I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) And Ken Storch. 
thanks everybody yeah we'll see everybody next time and if you guys want to write into uh to comment on this show or if you have any thoughts email the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com um, as a reminder, also, I'll pl- plug this. If you guys want to become a patron of the show and support the operational costs, if you go to thedadchronicle.com, uh, where you can also listen to other episodes of inspiring stories of fatherhood, you can go there, uh, go to thedadchronicle.com, click that Become a Patron button at the top. It helps me pay for the, uh, the operational costs of this show. Uh, certainly do appreciate all the love and support. We'll see you guys next time. If you like this show, Check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.